Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Sienna Frost. Sienna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. I thought I was going to sneeze there. I was like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And I was able to keep it in. So feeling like it's going to go well so far. Uh, allergies here for me have just been crazy this week. So my wife's like, are you going to be able to talk? I was like, yeah, I'm feel okay. I'm used to it now. Um, <laughs> but I was really glad that we could reschedule. People in the audience don't know. Some people know that I had a baby. So things have been crazy. I've had tech problems with um, all sorts of things. So I'm just so happy when, you know, I can get somebody on, you know, who we've had to reschedule, particularly, you know, to keep the order in which we were trying to go. So I'm really excited because this will be our first episode of season three, which is great because it comes right after my two year anniversary of starting the podcast. So yeah, so it'll be like you and then it'll be our anniversary episode uh, that we didn't get to do after season one. So it'll be like a double basically. Um, so yeah, it'd be really, really cool. But yeah, it's awesome to have you on today. And I've been seeing your books everywhere. So I'm really excited to, you know, get in and dive in for them. So yeah. uh, so we'll actually start right there with that first question. Uh, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? I started writing when I was 12. I've always oh, had wow. stories in my head and I started writing them down just for my eyes only and mm. up until maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, nobody has ever read my stories. I've written oh, wow. quite a lot and they were yes. shared. And I started sharing my writing when I tried fan fiction actually I didn't start oh, sharing cool. my I started out writing originals and then I found out about fan fiction and I just wanted to have fun and so I threw something out in the, in the community and it blew up, That's awesome. <laughs> blew up. I, I became I just I tried a chapter people loved it uh it became a trilogy of 300k um, oh, from fan fiction of, of fan oh. fiction and it, in the end it was translated into seven languages and shared everywhere wow. around the world. So that that's probably my biggest um, success though in terms of writing so far. And it was fan fiction. Um, it was free. Yeah. And but that got me to this point because a lot of fans wanted, you know, me to be a writer. They said, you know, we want to. You know, why don't you go pro? Why don't you start doing your original? And and so I started Obsidian, actually, because oh, wow. the rest of the originals that I've been writing were just, you know, for fun for me. I wasn't paying that much attention to quality because it was, you know, it's just a, like a TV show that I like to watch. <laughs> so I started really concentrating on Obsidian and I, I still like sharing my work on the internet a lot so i've been posting obsidian on uh wattpad which is a web novel site where i shared one chapter at a time and uh, that was a pretty big success i mean not where in where the scale of what had success is, which is like a 20 million reads or something oh, yeah, but yeah. right now yeah it's it's about sixty thousand uh, reads on wattpad oh. Wow. And I finished that and then people said, well, I wasn't even going to publish actually. And then people were going, you should query. And then, so I did, I queried for a while. I got, you know, impatient. I didn't like begging a lot. 
I mean, coming from, I, I had a lot of readers before I come. I've never had to beg for people to yeah, yeah, read yeah. my book to you. So like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the fans who was like, please update, please give me the next chapter. And me having to beg everybody to, to publish my book, to find an agent. That was a big thing for me. It stressed me out so much. I didn't like it at all. Um, so I pulled it out and uh, I self-published. I, I met, I, I was talking to a lot of self-published author, authors on uh, Twitter and it really inspired me and I thought this is this is where I should go so yeah I decided to self-pop it wasn't it's never been about being uh, an author for me I just wanted to share my book it's been my fans pushing me to do this and then they want like a whole book serialized and <laughs> they want a paperback <laughs> and so I give them the paperback they want an ebook of it then I give them the ebook and then the illustrations if you've seen uh them around oh, yeah. has a lot of illustrations I yeah. that was just because people wanted to uh have the paperback version and I thought you know I might as well do something special for them because they're gonna be paying quite a lot for this and they've already read the whole book <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. thinking, you know, I don't want people to pay me that much and then have just the same book that they've already read. No, totally, free. yeah. So I wanted that was a, a gift for them actually to um to thank them as well for supporting my journey. So yeah, that's up to that's that's been my journey up to this point. I still don't think that I really want to be an author, but I do want this book to be read because it's really important to me. It's become uh I would say the book I want to die with I want something I want to leave behind this oh yeah yeah, series. yeah. because it's oh, it contains cool. everything I've learned all my experiences traveling being a mom going through life as a human being all the sufferings and how I got through it all the wisdoms I've learned uh I feel like I want to leave this book for somebody who might get something from it especially my kids when i'm yeah. gone so it's a very important book for me i'm i'm here because of this book it's not the other way around because yeah. if you know some others they they most yeah, others right. have a career and they'll release a lot of books i'm here just to write this series pretty much yeah oh that's cool okay well, do you mind if i ask what kind of fan fiction you were writing or like what genre? It's uh, it's from a manga. Oh, that's cool. Based on a, a manga, less uh, known manga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's just interesting because you are one of several uh, female authors I've had within the last, like, I'd say, like six months. Uh, so a couple the other two are like at the tail end of our season two, who also were talking about like fan fiction. So they really got me um, into like looking into it and. Um, I really want to do like Warhammer and like do the Black Vaults. And I talked to Rob J. Hayes and Michael R. Fletcher and a couple others that had written for them. Um, and oh my God, now I'm blanking on what her name is. Um, oh, um, so there's two of them I interviewed. Um, it's uh, I think it's Anna Stevens, uh, but she just did some like Marvel stuff. Um, where she has like Sid um, and one of like the other. They have like the her and like Richard Lee Myers. They have like some of the Marvel 
comic characters that they can write, but not the movie ones uh, for Aconite books. But yeah, she was telling me about, you know, like she like also worked for like the Black Vault and she's got a couple of new stories out and stuff. And I was like, I just love Warhammer. So I was like, I think it'd be really cool. And then I realized Rob was like, oh, you really have to know your stuff. So I've been actually researching and reading a lot of it. So one day, hopefully I can do that. Um, but yeah, that's super cool that, that that's how you got into it. That's really neat. I have, I've been recommending people, uh, especially new writers, to go into fan fiction and go into it seriously because I feel like that is the biggest um, strength you can have with fan. And, this, and people usually find it unoriginal, um, but fan fiction is the best training ground for characterization, and that is one of my strongest um, skills. And that comes from writing fan fiction because what it does is, and and you might feel that too. If you if you find out which authors have done fan fiction a lot, you re you realize that that characterization is at a different level. That's like that yeah. is their strong points. They can create really compelling ca characters, and they stay in characters, and they ca their characters feel really real. And the reason why that I figured out is because when we write fan fiction, you have to study the characters really well. Because when you post oh, fan yeah. fiction, people already know these characters. They love these characters as is. You can't just yeah, go yeah. in and do anything with them. Everything they say, everything they do have to be in character. And once you do that to every character you write for, for fan fiction, it becomes a habit. So when we create our like before i started writing fan fiction uh it was doing originals i don't think i was this good at it um at characterization because i was just creating somebody out of thin air and i wasn't paying too much attention with like whether oh this person would use this kind of word would they say this kind of sentence would oh, they do this and um i didn't have to be careful you see but when you write fan fiction the fans will <laughs> throw stuff at you if you go yeah, yeah, wrong yeah. they would go like and, and especially when you post in those um communities you get inline comments per paragraph i used to post mine on um live journal and live journal lets you oh, comment um a lot yeah, yeah. on the chapter so i would get if i get them wrong uh, fans would just be saying yo he's not gonna this guy is never gonna say this not in this way, he's never going to do this. And so it forces you to really focus on each character that you're writing to make sure that this is their decision, this is their words, and then they become really unique. So um, once you've done, you've gone through enough training of that, it becomes quite natural when you start writing your own original. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was writing, I write down notes too. So I'm writing that down. That's going to have to be a, uh, I'm trying to do <laughs> seminars. I was trying to do them this summer and we, I had to bump them back. So I'm hoping this fall and winter to do some seminars with different people. So we'll have to have you back with some of the ladies that did fan fiction and, and talk about that. I think that would be a really cool um, episode to talk about like characterization and things you learn from fan fiction. So now you got me thinking a lot, which is why I do this podcast. So that's really cool. Um, I've been doing that for a while now. Um, I think it's a really good point though that you make, right? Because like, you know, I think I I think I always think of like Wolverine, like Hugh Jackman. Everybody's always like he's too tall, but other than that, he's amazing, right? But you know, Wolverine's supposed to be like five six, you know, he's like five five. So everybody always comments on that, you know. And 
I think a lot of people begrudgingly were like, okay, Hugh Jackman, you know, it's fine. But um, yeah, I always think about that, you know, like particularly like that's what everybody always says, <laughs> you know, other than that, he's perfect. But, you know, it just, it's, it's really interesting to me, but you know, it's like superheroes. I feel like in particular, right. People like, you know, Oh, um, you know, Peter Parker has got the web shooters or some people want it, you know, to be like a mutant ability and come out of his, you know, wrist or something like that. So I feel like if you start to, or, you know, if you try to change uncle Ben's story, they will absolutely, you know, you might yeah. as well not even write the story, you know? So I think that's totally true. That's a really good point that I, I considered. Um, um, one of the Star Wars, uh, one of my favorite authors did a Star Wars story. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I loved it. I love Star Wars. I've been reading it for a long time. Um, and people were like, oh, they didn't like how he wrote Luke. And I'm like, I thought it was brilliant. Um, so I don't know exactly, you know, fan-wise like, what they were thinking. But it does. It, it, a lot of people, you know, dive-bombed his, you know, reviews and stuff. Um, because of that I thought it was a brilliant story I thought it added a lot to the character I think they wanted your typical you know whatever but he added a new facet yeah and a lot of people like didn't like it um, I thought it was brilliant so I think you make a really good point there about you know characterization because it is a really especially when you have such a huge you know genre or whatever you say you know in terms of you know a huge subject matter like Star Wars you know I feel like it's really hard you know to to do that um, you know, and get it right sometimes. I feel like there's almost so many things you have to know. That's why Warhammer, I'm like, I gotta like, my wife, she's like, you're like studying this thing like it's a subject in school or something. Like it's your second master's, you know? Like, it teaches but, yeah. you to pay attention. So when you yeah, create yeah. your own big world, you come up with those details because you've studied it. You yeah, yeah. think things. So that's, that's also what allows me to create a more complicated world as well, I think. If you go through a show uh, as a viewer, you might, if you're not a, one of those nerds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you would probably miss a lot of details. When I was writing fan fiction, I had to remember that, oh, this character likes to wear his shirt this way. Mm. And he likes this color. He likes to tie his hair like this. And, um, before he says this, he does this with his eyebrows. <laughs> so it's it's very detailed. They, and when yeah. it, when you discuss with the fans, they come up, they see a lot of things, and you learn a lot of things. You you learn to pay so much attention to detail that you can it become when it becomes a habit. It's really good when you write your own um, originals because you you pay attention to your own detail and you don't get them wrong. And you yeah. learn to use those details in your book as well, because when you write fan fiction, you are you you have to make something out of what's already written, and you have to expand that. Sometimes I, the way I do fan fiction is I write. Sometimes I write the scenes that the writers didn't show that oh, we want to see. Yeah, but, yeah. You know the scenes that they cut. And then you would have to imagine that according to a set of characters and, and, and situations that already been set. And that yeah. causes not only your ability to connect things plot-wise, but also, you know, and, and stay in characterization. And then, and that I think that's also helps me fix a lot of plot holes because I always find a way out. I always have to find an explanation why this character does this and then I have to explain it in a chapter. Um, and when you write your own original and you run into a brick wall, writing fan fiction, that's a skill that 
gets you moving from point A to point B because you've done this so many times. Yeah. Um, in fan fiction, you have to ex I have to extend the book because the book ends and everybody's like, I, we want some more, right? I, I don't want it to end here. And so that's our work. That's fan fiction writers' work to extend um, the manga, the story, and then the fans because they don't want to leave these characters yet. And yeah, so... That's how you can write a long story of your own as well. I can do this forever to my own yeah. story. <laughs> well, that's cool. Wrote a couple other good things on there too. I never thought about, yeah, like world building complexities was something I wrote down. And then, yeah, I didn't think about that. Writing scenes that are cut from the main product. I, yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. Because when yeah. you love those characters, you want to see those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why they always do the novelization of the movies, right? Because they're able to, you know, fill in those different. They, they, they that's my friend a while back. She was like, um, um, so she's like, yeah, like it's basically just a, you know, like a fan fiction of the movie, you know, and then of like the script. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point, you know. So yeah, I, I hadn't considered that. But yeah, that's that's a really good point. Wow. All right. Well, I have a lot to think about with fan fiction today. <laughs> I'm gonna might have to write out that episode today and uh, start sending out the invites on that one. I was like trying to find something that was a little bit um um different, like in terms of doing like our first summer because I want to have like multiple authors come on um and it would be a little bit longer. So it'd be like two episodes, two like bonus episodes, things like that. Uh, but I haven't seen a lot of people. I've seen people do that with interviews and stuff, but not necessarily. Uh, in the order that we're going to do. Um, so I think it can be really interesting. Uh, so that's definitely have to be one of them. So be on the lookout for that invite. So um, I think you and the other two ladies will have a really good time uh, talking about your fan fiction. You guys have a little bit of different genres too, um, you know, in terms of what you guys wrote. Uh, so I think that'd be really interesting. Um, so for our audience, what genre or genres do you currently write in and why? I currently, I... I'm currently writing only Obsidian, so that would be uh, fantasy. It's it's more like historical fantasy with a made-up oh, world. Oh, cool. have no magic whatsoever. Um, it's just a made-up world. And it reads more like um, historical fiction. But before that, I have been writing um, romance, uh, vampire, <laughs> erotica. Oh, wow lots of things it's I think just horror and sci-fi are the two genres that I can't get into because I'm I'm too afraid of <laughs> horror movies and everything I can't I, I'm an <laughs> thinker I had to write I actually had to write a short story um it was a short story uh, challenge uh, that I had to write her. I started one paragraph. I had so many nightmares <laughs> that night. I said, no, I can't do her. <laughs> and I'm not fond of technology, so I don't get into sci-fi and like really old historical stuff, men in capes and women in real, really, you know, and dresses with a lot of fabrics, you know, um, just that's that's my calling. So I can do most uh, genres as long as it's old. <laughs> <laughs> the setting awesome. is old or vampires. Yeah. The fan fiction awesome. was mafia. Was actually oh that's cool. Yeah, um, oh, that's really was cool. all mafia uh, war and stuff. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's super so those cool. Are what I've been writing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I totally get you with the horror. I I like elements of 
horror in the fantasy that I write. That's like what, what a lot of the Forgotten Realms authors like Richard Lee Byers, um, uh, I've seen them do in the past. And that's I like the elements, but I'm not just a straight horror person. <laughs> like I can't get myself into those books. I love Stephen King, don't get me wrong. Um, the stand, you know, those different things, but um, yeah, just it's not my it's not my thing. So um, I definitely yeah, get I, that. I have yeah. to go to imagination, especially with her. I would have nightmares that go uh, that connects several nights. I have series of night the same nightmares that explains <laughs> itself and kind of comes with the entire um, you know tree stages plot line and the backstory of everybody every there's your, there's your horror I, book right there yeah there's I, your horror I, I book uh, an author writing it yeah it, but i don't want those nightmares i would go to like i've had horrible nightmares since i was really young nightmares like i was hiding in a, in, a, in a cupboard and some serial killer came in to kill everybody oh, wow. in the house and i was like eight come on <laughs> oh wow that's like my brother my brother gets really bad ones yeah <laughs> now, he's, now he's just used to them my dreams are really detailed like it was it's normal uh like detail so um i can i'm okay with dreaming other genres but you know dreaming her with that yeah, much yeah. detail no <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because i just talked about uh, that with a, fr a writing friend of mine and um because like i feel like almost like the better you get at writing the more complicated your dreams are and yeah. you know and it's like it's almost like a full movie play sometimes i'm like oh my god i was like why I'm like, really? I'm like, why can't I do that while I'm, you know, I'm like, that was a really good movie. I'm exactly. like, why can't I write that well when I'm, you know, exactly. when I'm awake? Maybe one of these days. But I don't know. That to me, that sounds like a really cool. Maybe I'll have to do that. I have to take that from the have to have you be the author in the horror story and then you get, you know, nightmares from it or something. And you have to figure out how to stop it or something. That'd be really cool. So my favorite question is always asking people what their books are about, because I love books. Uh, so what is your book, Obsidian Awakening, about, and how did you come up with this idea? Uh, it's it's about so many things, but if we're talking plot-wise, this is a book about war and hate and prejudice and fate actually it's it's a clash of humanity of sorts where you would see uh both sides of the war the heroes are on both sides so there are no villains in here oh cool not exactly you would care about both you would see the incentive of both you would be sad either way if you know one of them loses the war but it's it's a story about sacrifice at the times of war as well and you know how far we're willing to go for those ideals um and what we're willing to sacrifice for it so most of the characters will be broken they would have to give up something really dear to their hearts for something greater or something they believe in and the result is that it's it's chaos because everybody wants something um you know different yeah, yeah and it's just the the whole story is not it's very far from good and evil because it's just the clash of what we need and everybody how everyone loses um in war so it, it is i call it a shit show of humanity <laughs> <laughs> 
Which um, is history, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is history. That's why I said it reads more because everything that happens has happened in history. I don't save characters because there are your MCs. Um, and um, you would just have to go through with a lot of tragedies with no heroes to help. And yeah, it, it's that kind of heartbreaking uh, stories, but it's it also deals with um, a lot of problems today that I see, including racism, discrimination, and you know vengeance as a whole, and what it what it does to to the society. Um, you will see a lot of characters that um, hang on to hate, and that is exactly what ruins everything. Yeah. And, yeah, I want to stress that point as well because it's um we all say we want peace, but nobody wants to put peace above all else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, above yeah. Everything. So when it comes down to each person, we we hang on to hate, we hang on to vengeance, and then we say we want peace. That's not gonna happen. And um, that the book illustrates that problem. I wanted it to be a wake-up call of sorts. Um, for I'm hoping that people would read it and maybe look at your enemies in a, another light. Um, make room for that, that they're just trying to get by as well. You know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But, um, yeah, but the idea for the book is actually, I was in Mongolia for 21 days on a horseback trip where I was staying with the Mongolian nomads for the entire time. Oh, jealous. <laughs> yeah. I'm a history teacher. Uh, we just I just got done teaching about Genghis Khan and Mongolians in Mongolia oh, like, last that, Thursday. Yeah. I'm a traveler. I travel a lot and uh, my trip to Mongolia changed my life. I came back. Uh, I said I sat down. I said I have to share this experience with everybody. So the book is um is about a nomadic uh, race, but off the desert because I also stayed a lot with Bedouins uh, in Jordan. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh. and I I really love the way they think, the way they live, because when you spend time with nomads, you really see what freedom is like. You, you taste real freedom and the cost of freedom as well. So being you see people who are really proud with weight but they have nothing they nothing more yeah, than yeah, what yeah. they can carry on their cart they live in a very basic life but they are really proud because they never have to ask anybody for anything they never have to beg anybody for anything and they're they're happy they can be happy with that situation of you know hard work all the time risk risk is something that you see so much because they're out there alone. This small family of four, five, sometimes in the middle of the steps. I was oh. with a family whose uh, kid, he was, I think his kid was like maybe six or seven, and he got really sick uh, one night. And he's, he was like, um, well, the closest doctor is eight hour horse ride away. Wow. And, um, but luckily, I had some antibiotics and we were staying and I gave it to the kid and he survived and everything. But that made me realize that, you know, wow, this is, <laughs> that's the cost of, of, of freedom. 
and they're willing that the, the thing is they're willing to accept that cost for for that freedom for to have that pride in exchange it impressed me so much though the whole time because they're so brave they're not afraid of death they probably are but it's like you know this is our lives where this is what we choose and we're gonna face chaos we're gonna face danger and they go through life every day um just not well not planning that much and they i would go with them and they would go yeah they'd say oh we can't we i'm not sure if we can cross this river today because the water might be really high and i'm like so what do we do if we can't cross the water <laughs> the river yeah. you know what i'm saying we're in the middle of the yeah. steps and they were just like I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, we'll just make camp. I don't know. Find a horse. Um, stay until the water goes down. <laughs> it's, it's a, but, but they're like, they told me that if you wait for everything to be safe, you would never get to live. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it really inspired me. And, and a part of um, why I wrote Obsidian this way is also, it, it's that the war is between an empire, which is close to our civilization. Like, you know, it's protected. Everything is um, well organized or you're behind walls. And then they're at war with this nomadic race who are really proud and they prefer and to go to war, you know, and, and like, Genghis Khan's time where, where the tribes would fight each other. And one of my characters could say, well, we prefer the freedom to fight rather than being caged behind walls. So yeah, that yeah. was her point of view. She, they chose that life. And then the ones, the, the king, the, the emperor would say that, you know, that's, that's kind of dumb because for him, people would want to be safe. They want to, you know, prosper. They 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 want their children to go out safe, but the 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 price is that you have to live behind walls. So that's the price of safety and freedom that we all have to make that choice for. And I, from both, I I've seen both sides of it. I've seen the good things on both sides of it, and it really inspired me. So yeah, that the this book was. You know, I started writing this book after I returned um, from Mongolia. Wow, well, that's super cool. <laughs> it's like, put you down in my notes later, ask you some Bedouin <laughs> questions. I got a story that I pretty much have, like, uh, very yeah, similar. The, the Bedouins are the same. The Bedouins, I, I didn't spend that much time with them. Um, that was before I went to Mongolia, but I, I was really impressed with uh, nomads since then. Yeah, and that why that's why I decided I wanted to to go and just do this trip. That's really cool. Oh, I have a lot to think about there. Um, that's just really neat. Yeah, I was just talking to some kids about that today. They were like trying to figure out kind of like that freedom thing you were just talking about. It was interesting because they asked me, they're like, "Well, why would this group of people rather?" Uh, I think we were like talking about the Romans or whatever, and they're like, "Why would this group of people rather die than?" They're like they can just be part of the Roman Empire, and I was like, yeah, but then they have to get rid of all their freedom. They have to, you know, um, basically farm or do whatever. You know, I said, if that, especially if that's not your culture, you know, and you have to give all these things up. 
you know, in order to be Roman, so you can keep your religion and stuff, be a citizen. But I was like, a lot of people, you know, particularly at this time, I was like, that's just, I said, we're in a much different mindset today, right? Being countries uh, than I think that people did back then. I was like, you're a country because you were, you know, you're a citizen. Uh, today, you're born that way. I said, imagine if you weren't, though, and you were free, and then somebody comes to take you over. I said, I think you'd have a much different, you know, you have a much different viewpoint of, yeah. and you'd be able to understand that mindset versus, oh, you're already part of this gigantic empire, if you will, or, or country. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was like really, we had to really break it down. It was like really hard for them, you know, to like understand like yeah. why somebody would give their life for freedom rather than, you know, and I was like, I was like, yeah, it's like any, you know, current war or something, you know, I was like, look at Ukrainians, you know, um, things like that. So it was just, it was very interesting that they were just having such a hard time with that, but Takes, yeah, I think that's what's me, cool about it. Yeah, it takes being exposed to a lot of cultures. Like I said, I travel a lot. I've lived in four continents since I was 15. Oh, wow. I, I grew up here in Bangkok. I, I was born here. I am Thai. And then I, I left Thailand for uh, New Zealand at 15, 14, oh. 15. And then I moved to the UK. And then I moved to the US. And then I came back here. So I've seen the goods and, and bad of different cultures, the strengths and weaknesses. And I've had to adapt to a lot of cultures because I didn't just travel. I was, I was living there for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it really helps you to, to, to understand things from different perspectives like uh, like in my book as well you you'd see a lot of clashes it's not one way at all it's different directions i have like i said two sides uh, of the war being empire and and nomads and then i have the half bloods who are mm. stuck in between oh, nice. um, and then they too would have to figure out where they belong which side they have to fight for and which culture works for them and they are judged by both sides of the race of these races because they're they're half and um i have a girl uh, who would go through arranged marriage proudly who would go for it because that would mean she gains her uh, an army to fight for her land, and that's a that's something that's unusual in Western literature. I think because you guys um, put a lot of importance on the freedom of individuals, and where yeah. in, here in Asia it's more for the community. I grew up with um, people who have to go back to marry, or sometimes even going into prostitution willingly to support their families back home so i I've, I've seen that side too and i want also wanted to share that side too that you know you it's not always a bad thing like everybody thinks there are people who are willing to sacrifice their own freedom for something greater for someone else for other for people they love for just the families they want to protect and it, not necessarily a horrible thing that everyone thinks it is and sometimes they they end up loving their husbands and they they become a, a they can become a good family that don't get divorced even so um these things it's just a, a big clash of culture that i'm offering in this book from my experience i've, I've been through to every continent except antarctica <laughs> i've been to 
40, about 46 countries oh, as wow. of now. Um, and I like travel for culture. I like to travel for culture. So um, yeah, so that's, that went into this book. Um, okay, yeah, cool. it's, yeah, it's really interesting to write. And I, I feel like it's, uh, it's one of the books that you would need to have those experience to see and understand those point of views. Yeah, yeah. So would you say that just like, you know, traveling in general, um, you know, has helped your ability to world build, you know, where you're able to be like, oh, I'm going to oh. have this, you know. Everything was taken from my uh, travel experience. Oh, that's cool. The way people drink tea, this, the way this culture, that's just this, this festival, the, fest the festival that I have in there um, is based on Nadam, which is a, a, a contest for warriors that they have uh, in Mongolia every year where, uh, where the warriors would get together they would do archery they would ride horse uh, they would wrestle and then the winners would go to the capital to it's it's sort of like that Olympics oh, that's cool it's amazing yeah and they awesome. all wear that traditional clothes they um, the small villages come together and the small tribes come together and then they compete I, I we saw that because it was during the summer um, yeah that went into the book sometimes when awesome. i go through a country where you have where they have this big hierarchy about where you know women's role in the community or in the family and stuff and it's just different for every places and because i'm a i'm a traveler when you go to someone's country you respect their the way they do things yeah. and you learn to appreciate it and I feel like I really want to, you know, bring out those things that people might have gotten them wrong. That like you would see this culture doing this and you would see that's evil. But if you actually go there and experience it, it's not as evil as you think. And yeah, so it does help me a lot. And it also helps me grow in compassion as well, because every time I feel like... Uh, I don't judge people as quickly mm. as before. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen, I've been wrong <laughs> about <laughs> things too many times because I travel. Um, yeah, so it, it does help. And I feel like, I hope that the more people uh, read this book, the more compassion they can have and the less judgmental they would be of other cultures, yeah. Yeah, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you fear what you don't know, you know, I said, and if you don't yeah. know somebody that, you know, has done X, Y, and Z or lived a certain way, I'm like, um, you know, I, we talk about world religions a lot. I'm like, religion's really, you know, vital to a lot of people. I'm like, if you've never, I said, I encourage you to, I said, I'm not trying to convert you or anything from one thing to another, I said, or whatever, have you believe something, but I was like, it's, it isn't, I think it's important that if this thing is so important to people. It might be kind of good to to check it out. I said, if you're trying to become friends with somebody who's a, a writer or an athlete, you know, or whatever, I said, you're going to look into that common interest. I said, so if religion's really, you know, vital to people, I said, it would make sense that you would try to learn about that religion, you know, and you might learn, you know, a certain aspect of what they think or believe. I said, that might help you, you know, determine, you know, why they think a certain way, you know? And, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense when you talk about, you know, different culture too, you know, and um, it's like my friends from South Korea, we're always talking about, you know, differences, uh, you know, in 
politics or government or you know civic something like that he's like well you guys really think this and this and I'm like yeah "Yeah." and I was like you know we're always trying to get to the why you know to just really to help you know with writing I would say you know and um, you know because like I don't want to take a a, I would say an American aspect you know into I like a lot of historical I like to write historical urban fantasy so you know I'm really trying to you know get certain cultures right or certain points of view you know I don't want to take a certain point of view and I always tell the kids you know historically you know I'm like we're really trying to develop our historical thinking skills. Like, why did people do this? Or why, you know, I said, it even goes today, right? Geographical thinking skills or sociological. So we talk a lot about that. But my friend one day was like, you're just trying to set these kids up to be authors, <laughs> you know? And to get them in <laughs> no, it. I, I said, well, that's history. It's different yeah. viewpoints, you know? I said, that's, that's, I think that's in general, the so. most um, crucial thing about being a good writer is you have yep. to be interested. Yeah. yeah. If you, you, you don't, you you have to try not to judge, but be just be interested in the why. Yeah. Oh, do yeah, like this. Why does, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I, I have this one motto um, for me is because I every anything that makes another person happy, I have to try it at least once. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And that opens up a chance of me enjoying that too. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I add one more way I can be happy to my life. So oh, I, yeah, when yeah. I travel, I collect those things, everything I, I've never done, or even the things that I feel like that's not a good. I'm not gonna like it, but if somebody enjoys it, I'm gonna try it once and yeah. see. And it's it's been great. I mean, you keep adding ways of making yourself happy if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I have to think about that for the future. I had never considered that, but that's a good one. Uh, so we got a little bit of time left. So I really just want to get to, we we talked about a couple of the other, other questions throughout. Um, but I just wanted to ask you, because I always think this is a vital one to understand different authors. Um, which one of your characters would you like to meet and why? Oh, <laughs> it was, it's probably um, the king. Uh, it's, it's Muradi. He is... He is a villain of sorts, uh, but but he's not. Eventually, once you get to know him, you a lot of people say that he's actually the leader we all need, and he's the he's he's been built up as a tyrant. He's been built up as a dictator, but once you once you see the way he really thinks, um, it makes a lot of sense. And he's had this backstory that's very complicated. Um, he's had to kill his mother when he was like 10. Um, and from that, he had to kill two sons and their mothers as well. Uh, and he had his own research, which I explained, but the he's almost a madman in a way, but brilliantly mad. <laughs> and yeah so i i would really like to meet and discuss a lot of things with him he's brilliant and uh he is actually the character that my readers asked for the most because they they said oh, wow. we have to have uh his backstory written in detail because i start this book when he's already king and so i pro i actually promised my readers that i would go and when I'm done, I'm going to do his prequel. Oh, that's cool. Which, which is going to be his standalone book. The, 
just the journey of him from a young age until he becomes king. So yeah, <laughs> that's super cool. <laughs> the material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's interesting that they helped you with you know kind of decide that that character needs a prequel. So that's really cool. Um, that's really neat. That's but a great. A lot of people's favorite. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. Everybody calls him the quote unquote bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I always that's find awesome. up that kind of bad guys to be yeah. really close to our theater, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend said he goes, I'm kind of worried because he had the similar thing pop up. He goes, Everybody wants this villain prequel. He's like, I'm kind of worried that I write villains better than I do, you know, heroes. It's like everybody always likes my villains. I'm like, well, that just means that, you know, they're connecting in some way and you know, you're making very interesting. Um, he's like, yeah, but I want them to like my main character. So he actually changed some things about both of them. Um, so then people were kind of demanding both. But I was like, it's always interesting. I think if you could write a, you know, a really good villain or bad guy or something and people find them interesting. I think that's the mark of a, a great writer personally. But yeah, that's that's super cool. Uh, so we're just winding down with time here. I just want to make sure we get this one in um, for that last one. So do you have any news, updates, promos, or current projects you're working on? I, I mean, you, you said, you know, this guy has a prequel. So that to me is really interesting. Um, I would love to see that in the future, especially if, you know, these guys, you know, your readers help pick out this particular character. To me, that like, that says I need to read that. So to me, that's really cool. But I was just curious at what else you had going on um, for our audience. That way they just know what to look forward to in the future. Uh, I'm writing book two. I'm about oh, yeah. to finish book two. Oh, awesome. It's very close, uh, but not yet. So I'm I'm thinking if nothing gets in my way, it should be released sometime this year. I'm trying to get it released this within this year, oh, and wow. then uh, that will definitely be book three. I'm not a planner, so I. It, it's going to be as long as it needs to be. As of now, I just know there's going to be big book three. I don't know if there's going to be four, five, six, or ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I have a huge cast, and I tend to go on until they die. <laughs> it's not, and I'm, I love these characters. I don't want to leave them until they yeah. die. <laughs> but yeah, that was just the, the, the book three. Book three is definitely coming. Um, I'm going to take, but once the series is done, that's going to be the prequel um, of Murari, which is, everybody is saying, can you stop writing the main series and do prequel first? <laughs> that's a great sign, though, I feel like. His fans are saying, <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying for this. You're like, you can stop <laughs> for a minute and then do this first. Like, I can't, I can't jump like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying, I'm going to take a break after book two before I write book three to do the hardcover of book one. Oh, cool. I could have done that a long time ago, but again, I feel like hardcover is something really expensive and I don't want to just copy the paperback and make yeah, it yeah. hardcover. So I want to redo all the illustrations. They want to make it even oh, better. Cool. May, uh, upgrade the cover a little bit just make it a really nice product so that's that's also what I want to release in the near future when I'm done with book two um and also I have plans of releasing the um I call it the director's cut of oh, the book cool. a lot of people ask for that as well um because when I was querying I cut a lot from the book to mm. try to fit the 
Google account, and then I also have oh, related yeah. things. I like I said, I write fan fictions, and I write fan fictions of my own fiction sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and fans of these characters really like seeing, you know, reading those extra chapters. So, uh, yeah. I might throw that into the director's cut, um, and make it a, a volume. Uh, for people I'm, I'm working on a, a website which would be um, kind of interactive more you know with readers I will have a vault where subscribers can access other things I write for free oh, I have yeah and they can have uh, the updates of you know little things the fan fictions that <laughs> I write I want them to be I want my readers to be able to discuss characters and everything on the website as well i really enjoy doing that at life journal when when we have a community and talk about characters so i want to and make a website that integrates that it's it's going to be a pretty big website which is going to take me some time but that's i'm going to try to do that after i finish book two as well before i, I begin book three so um yeah and then Maybe I would have spin-offs <laughs> of okay. some of the characters. There has been requests other than Murari, uh, just uh, uh, two or three more characters that have a big story of their own that, oh, that, I, uh, that the readers really want to read and I really want to write as well. So I could end up writing this forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, it sounds like I, I just, again, I think it's cool when your readers are you know, like telling you, you know, like what they want. So that's really neat if they're requesting like other characters. I think that's definitely, you know, telling you that you're, you know, right. You're supposed to be, so. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's awesome. the good thing about um, posting on Wattpad because the your readers talk to you every chapter, sometimes in at paragraph level. So they would, I love the experience because they would read a paragraph, they would scream and shout, they would post emojis of you know when they cry i love this guy I, I like her so much can you do this can you do that and i'm sort of collecting uh all the requests and seeing that it makes me want to write you know fanfics on my own fiction yeah, yeah. <laughs> and That's then awesome. when i do they really appreciate it some of those uh chapters i get more reads than the, the main chapters in the book actually oh wow yeah Oh, that's crazy. Well, that's awesome. Well, I got a lot of notes myself, so I'm going to have to go back over this episode and kind of write them out. But that was awesome. I'm going to think a lot about fan fiction today. But thank you so much for, for coming on. And like I said, you're our first episode of season three. So I really hope that, you know, people got out as, you know, from this as much as I did. Um, I got a lot of really cool things to think about today for my writing session. But, um, you know, good luck on everything, you know, with book two and, you know, um the prequel that sounds amazing um there's anything we can do you know in the meantime before this drops you know labor day weekend or after just you know let me know on twitter email me and you know we'll share whatever um you know we need to share and get it out there for you so if there's anything i can do at all just let me know but other than that i hope you have a you know great rest of the evening and i'm so glad that we could reschedule and talk about you know your book and you know uh, this great community that you built so we'll definitely be checking out your future website so well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Sienna. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, no problem. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Very interesting Perfect. conversation. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot to think about. I'm definitely going to be sending you an email about a couple of different things. So. <laughs>
Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day and I will talk to you on social media, my friend. Yes, you too. Bye.